Hey guys, thanks for incorporating this into your notes. Uh, we got through the MAI for the main causes of World War I, long-term causes that is, M, big militarism, A, alliances, I, imperialism, the N is nationalism. Um, please take some time to really kind of digest these um, two situations that, that are a big part of nationalism. Um, I'd like for you to think about it and then come to class with any questions. But, but basically, for nationalism, we talked about nationalism copious amount when we talked about Napoleon Bonaparte. And um, so now we're going to go into the Balkan region, and that is where our trigger point will be. Um, if you've watched anything on World War I, you know that's where the, Arch, the Archduke will be shot. So um, the, um, the Balkan Peninsula is referred to as the uh, powder keg. If you remember from the first day of World War One notes, I showed you that kind of like boiling pot with, with the Balkans on it, and and it's you know it's a powder keg, it's a boiling point, it's it, one strike and it's it's game on. Um, the Ottoman Empire is also referred to as the sick man of Europe, uh, meaning that although it is somewhat progressive, you know, with the Young Turks we talked about in our last unit, it's still it's still considered pretty weak to the Europeans. Um, and then we also have Pan-Slavism, and Pan-Slavism is spreading throughout Eastern Europe. Um, the word Slav, uh, the term Slavic, uh, slave actually terms from, originates from the term Slav. And if you recall, go back to like August, September, notes, I told you that some of the earliest slaves that were used throughout Europe were actually Eastern Europeans, thus Slavic. So if you are if your family is descended from Eastern European, you are a Slavic person. My personal family is 100% Eastern European. I am 100% a Slavic person. So I'm going to take you to the um, First Balkan War. I handed out maps in class. You're looking at maps hopefully on your screen, but the First Balkan War of 1912. Um, <clears throat> um, Prior to this, in 1908, Austria-Hungary annexed Bosnia-Herzegovina, basically meaning, if you're looking at your map, you can see, look at the color, um, that um, Austria-Hungary has basically taken over Bosnia-Herzegovina, right? And um, that, that's a situation. It's a situation because um, it, it's, it's just, it's little, it's little triggers in this area that could, could ignite anything. And there's a lot, a lot of different ethnicities down here. And going back to Slavism, the Russians are Slavic, and there's a lot of Slavic people in the Balkan Peninsula, particularly in Serbia. All right, and this is—I know this seems silly and minute and whatever—but this is also going to be extraordinarily important when we talk about the breakup of Yugoslavia um, in the 1990s. So, um, basically, in our first Balkan War, we have a situation, you know, uh, 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 with Austria-Hungary annexing Bosnia-Herzegovina. This Serbia is, for one, particularly irritated uh, because if you look at um, now that area is now Bosnian. This is cutting off access to warm water ports. So Serbia turns to Russia. All right, uh, Russia is not ready to fight. Um, in 1908, if you think, if you remember, they just lost to the Japanese in the Russo-Japanese War. So we have Serbia, Greece, and Bulgaria. Um, I don't know if I mentioned, but Bulgaria did get its independence in 1908 as well. And basically attempting to, um, drive the Turks completely out of the Balkans, you know, before focusing on the Europeans, let's completely sick man of Europe, focus on the Turks. Um, the Turks lost, <clears throat> 
excuse me, but if you go to your maps, you will see that, yes, the Turks lost, and they're losing more and more and more territory, and again, y'all, this is so, so, so important, because the three young Turks that are in charge of the Ottoman Empire, they were born in the Balkan Peninsula, and, like, they literally just lost all their holdings to the Balkan Peninsula. Um, Austria-Hungary then created Albania. So if you, again, you, again, if you look at your map, you can see this is chipping away at Serbia's access to warm water ports. This is extremely frustrating to the Serbians. This is what pushes us into our second Balkan crisis of 1930, uh, 1930, 1913, sorry. And basically it's going to be Serbia versus Bulgaria, um, Bulgaria gets involved to try and control the Serbian-Russian um, alliance to put down the Serbs. Um, Serbia beats Bulgaria. Um, the Russians do help the Serbs. Um, basically, uh, Albania will remain an independent country. Uh, Russia is humiliated because Albania will remain an independent country and Serbia was kind of relying on the Russians to help make Albania not a real country. Um, so basically what we're looking at is, is you know, this concept of a proxy war and this pro concept of this nationalism of the Russians willing to get involved. You know, Germany and Austria, they're backing Bulgaria. You know, they're backing the creation of uh, Albania. And yet, no, none of these big powers are fighting each other, dot, 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 yet, all right? And so that's when we're going into the Third Balkan Crisis, which will be the official immediate cause of World War I. One other term I do want to introduce to you is jingoism, and it's this, you know, really proud nationalistic, you know, war cries, like, we're ready to go to war. We're ready for this. Um, please, please, please let me know if I've confused you. I know it's, it seems like a ton of useless information, but it, it is kind of important not only for the start of World War I, but also the creation of Yugoslavia as well as the breakup of Yugoslavia. Thank you so much. I will see you soon. Bye.